ever feel pulled in multiple directions at once, never quite having the energy to achieve all that you want? This podcast is all about helping leaders be human, not superhuman, mastering energy, not just managing time. I'm Ian Brown, and I help leaders improve their personal energy, be more creative, and become the catalyst to spark more energy in those they lead being more productive without working harder or longer so you get to spend more time with the things and people you love. From days that drift to days with design and purpose, welcome to the Energy Leader Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Ian here. Now welcome to the Thriving Leader Podcast, Season 2, Episode 12, which is all about overcoming your creative fears. We've only got a couple of episodes left in this uh, season, which is all about creativity. So we're going to make this one really count for something. Now, have you ever noticed how much attention the word innovation gets? And yet how knees go somewhat weaker when the word creativity is introduced? Even worse, imagination. For some reason, the destination of innovation is seen as bold, adventurous, and new, and yet innovation stems from creativity. Robust understanding of the world around us and the imagination to think or conceive differently. And yet many organisations structure themselves in such a way that the creative people are hived off from the serious business people. Creativity, without an understanding of the problem, risks ideas without any application or impact. Technical understanding of a problem without creativity risks reinvention of what we already have, or just tinkering around the edges. We need Natalie Nixon's wonder and rigour in what we do. Most business leaders would accept that when they wake up in the morning, they have so many problems to solve. Barack Obama famously wore grey and blue suits only because he reasoned, I have lots of decisions I need to make today, and what to wear shouldn't be one of them. I can save my brain for more important stuff. The difference between creativity and innovation is really important for us to understand. Innovation implies the new. Creativity is more malleable. Let me put this another way. Jeannie in account spends three days a week crafting a report on her department's output statistics. Last month, she had to take some time off to go into hospital for an operation. There was no one to cover for her at work. So she agreed in advance with her boss that the report would be run twice the next month when she came back. When she came back, she expected some criticism from the senior team that her report hadn't been produced on time, but there was none. Making gentle inquiries, she found few people even knew the name of the report, let alone ever read it. So Jeannie got creative. She proposed to her boss that instead of spending three days a month on this report, she would use the days to upskill herself on new accounting software the company wanted to introduce. Her boss agreed that they maybe should run the report every quarter just to see what happened. Once again, no one minded or noticed. And six months later, Jeannie had improved the accounting processes through her training and gained three days a month with no apparent loss to anyone. 
Jeannie got creative. And her boss did too. And Jeannie got some great results. A new accounting system and greater efficiency and productivity. What did Jeannie create that was novel, new, or unheard of previously? Nothing. And it didn't matter, because creativity allowed Jeannie and her boss to find a more efficient and effective way of working that cost nothing and gained everything. Good on you, Jeannie. Creativity lies at the heart of problem solving, and therefore leaders who lack creativity are also accepting a deficit in problem solving ability. All of a sudden, put this way, leaders lacking the ability to innovate and solve problems don't sound all that much like leaders after all. Author David Berkus outlines the creativity myth, that creativity is something we are born with or we're not. And he points to the origins of this concept within Greek mythology and the power of the muses. The story of Pyridis tells us that, considering his daughters to be superior to the muses, he challenged them to a competition. And having lost the competition, his daughters were transformed into prattling magpies by the revengeful muses. This concept of inspiration being divine and God-inspired has since shown up in Christian teaching, where the clever, poetic, musical, and creative is something bestowed upon you by a deity. And despite the secular nature of the corporate Western world, we nevertheless have a tendency to reinforce the notion that some people are gifted with creativity and some people are not. We have creative teams, often found in marketing and advertising departments. We have creative directors. This reinforces the concept of creativity as being within the genes rather than something learnt and developed over time. And yet studies of identical twins with the same genes shows no link between creativity and genetic sequencing. It points to creativity as being learned through life rather than something we're born with. And if that's true, then creativity is open to everyone. Many of us fear creativity. The best way to face that fear is to call it out. So I wanted to draw on the work of dance director and artist Twyla Tharp and her excellent book, The Creative Habit. Despite clear and evident talent and strong reputation, Twyla describes and evokes that sense of panic and bewilderment when taking on a new creative challenge and knowing that your work is going to be on show for everyone to criticize. Tharp has form on this point. If your fear about expressing yourself creatively is that people will laugh at you, Tharp describes one of her first critical reviews, and it goes like this. Three girls, one of them named Twyla Tharp, appeared at the London Albert Hall tonight and threatened to do the same tomorrow night. How's that for feedback? In reality, however, the fears people will laugh are wholly exaggerated. Few people ever do this. Most are likely to be in awe that you had the guts to stand up in the first place. Another killer of creativity is defined as the copycat. Someone else has done it before. There's nothing new. They'll find me out. In reality, the unique creator myth is at work. 
the majority of the best inventions of the 20th century come from additive thinking. They're incremental and improving what's already there. Mashing together, creating a fusion of ideas and concepts, adding and dropping components, this is the creative process at work. You don't have to consider creativity as being about only and wholly fresh ingredients. You might also fear having nothing to say. All perspective is additive. No customer is the same. All perspectives bring us closer to understanding what matters to people and even what does not. Believing your life to be different to everyone else's is arrogant. Believing your life to have similarities to others gives you insight, perspective, and something to say. You can channel your background, your upbringing, your knowledge of small town life. When I was doing my master's degree, I started my research as a novice, thinking about absolute originality, until I realised with help from my tutors that my role was not to dream up something from nothing, but my role instead was to add to the body of knowledge. That is, to take what others have done, learn, contrast, challenge, and bring a new perspective. You may internalise your feelings around creativity and worry that I will upset people who love and respect me. Respect comes from trying to create incremental improvement and the effort and love from a different place. Change that is attempting to make things better will always be respected. If you want to make the world a better place, you also need to challenge your ego to take a hike and get out of the way. There are bigger things to achieve out there than massaging your own ego. Even if you don't exceed 100% of the time, your 70% will still likely have made the world a better place, and for a bigger contribution than those who just sat on the sofa and worried and watched. The world is also filled with failed inventors who never go on to file the patent and bring things to reality. The thing I can create will never be as good as what is in my mind. Leon Battista Alberta said it was better to build an imperfect dome in Florence than build cathedrals in the clouds. All change is incremental and additive. What you create may not be perfect, but it could be the spark of inspiration for someone else to add their element of genius to. How about, I'm not sure how to do it. It may not even work. Well, the thing is, you won't know until you try. And the world is filled with things that didn't work originally as intended, but then managed to create value for someone else with a completely different perspective or situation. So many things we rely on in our home lives are byproducts of space exploration. If the scientists only ever conceived of experimenting in a single environment, we wouldn't really have some of the inventions we rely on today. If it doesn't quite work, try a variant, try a combination, try putting it into a different environment, and, and just see what happens. Another anxiety, if it doesn't work, people will think less of me. The thing is the people who matter to you, those that truly matter, your family will still and always love you. The dog will always still want to go for a walk with you, 
this is one is a peculiar favorite of British business people who think of failure as a finite thing and something to regret. Instead, if you think of these things as learning experiences, you instantly get a lot more flexibility of mind. It didn't turn out as expected. Well, that's interesting learning. I can choose now not to do that again or in the same way. Reframing failure to learning gives you the creative edge and the willingness to try it again. Lots of people will get hung up on perfection and then think it's not worth starting something because it will take too much time to be perfect. If you're a performance artist, then every day you don't practice is another day further away from being perfect. Every day without practicing is a day further away from being perfect. So if you want a creative boost, here are a few things that you can try. Firstly, let your mind go wander. We're not geared to be creative on demand. In fact, studies show locking people in rooms to come up with creative ideas results in less productivity over time than doing this in short intervals. Creativity comes from noticing difference. So take a walk outside. Don't go putting on the music or a podcast. Just walk and listen. Take in all of your senses. Notice everything. Take notice of things you didn't expect and ask why. This is called mindful solitude, and it's a rich source of creativity. And you know what? Anyone can do it. Develop a creative ritual. Creativity is part spontaneous, but you need to prime your body and mind to be open to creativity. For some people, it's the morning walk, cold swim, coffee in the garden, but create the when and then ritual for 10 to 15 minutes of mindful solitude. Not planning the diary for the day, but the biggest reflections, the biggest opportunities, reflecting back on the day or the week that has been. Abstain to create space for creativity. Now this is a big one for me that I'm always having to work hard on. I do love listening to news podcasts when I'm out running. And it maybe takes my mind away from any sense of monotony when training for a long race. But it uses a lot of my brain time. So give up a week of watching news or listening to news podcasts or a single TV show and create space for your creative ritual to take place. Empty the brain of stuff it doesn't really need because you can't influence it. Only worry about it and let the creativity flow. So you see, there's no reason to fear creativity. We only fear the reactions of others to our creative endeavours. It's just a feeling. You can overcome it. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can catch more on ianbrown.coach and the Thriving Leader articles will be sent out from LinkedIn. And if I'd love it if you'd add your insight to this podcast and get in touch and let me know how we're doing and we'll catch you next time. Bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Energy Leader Podcast. Why not subscribe so that new episodes are streamed straight to your device? And I'd love it if you'd be kind enough to leave me a review and tell others what you've been up to and what you're learning. To get more help with your time management, productivity, and energy, why not check out the website at www.theenergyleader.com, where you'll find more resources to help you be an energetic leader and still have time to spend on the things and the people that you love. Stay strong 
and make it happen. And I'll see you next time on the Energy Leader Podcast.